Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And we get unreasonably deep as we talk about the 2022 Netflix original movie, The Adam Project, starring Ryan Reynolds. This whole podcast has turned into a Ryan Reynolds fan cast as we watch our third one in like a month. It is true, but we go deep on time travel. We talk about Romance Corner. I want to see Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner in another rom-com. I forgot about 13 going on 30. And we discuss briefly CGI Maya. Why is she in this movie? But we also get super deep on father-son activities at the end of the episode. All this and more on Movies on the Side. Nate, I don't know how we managed to do three Ryan Reynolds movies in the last four that we have reviewed. We didn't plan this. It wasn't like no, we wanted to do is this. Is this how Ryan Reynolds fan casts begin? Is this oh, like how the morphing starts? You're like, oh, no, we just did like trip three. Into it. Oh, all of a sudden, it's we're doing oh, Green Lantern next week. And, oh, I, no. I really wished it would have been a Dwayne Johnson fan cast. But yeah, we did Red Notice and then Free Guy. And now we're doing The Atom Project. It, again, I refer back to what I said during our Free Guy episode. Ryan Reynolds is at the height of his powers, Nate. I, I believe that that to be true. He's doing anything and everything he wants. Yeah. And he has partnered back up with the director oh. of Free Guy in this movie. Okay. Sean Levy. Levy. Levy? Levy. Yeah. Oh. I went to the Levy, but the Levy was dry. Refer to the last episode of Free Guy where I pronounced his name correctly. <laughs> right. And then just insert it here. Sean. <laughs> thank you. Now, The Adam Project is a Netflix original. It's only on Netflix right now. But... As always, it has a Rotten Tomato score. This is a movie, not a TV show. This is a, a motion picture. So, Nate, what do you think the Adam Project got on Rotten Tomatoes? I think critics gave this one 65. Very close. 69. Mm-hmm. 69. You've done, you've been very close with these uh, scores. Now, what do you think the audience gave this movie? Audience has to be like 92. <laughs> Somehow, this Ryan Reynolds movie only got 79% from Okay, 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 okay. Now, that was my my gut was in the low 80s, but I do have to say, and this is true in my heart, is that when a movie is a Netflix original, I have a different level of scrutiny that I put it under because Mm, it was not in theaters. It feels a little bit... It's okay if it's not that good because, well, I have Netflix and... It's a streaming service. It can just... Yeah. Yeah, it's a streaming service. It's sort of like Disney Plus TV shows. It's like, all right, well, I didn't have to wait every week to see this. (laughs) Although with Disney Plus original TV shows, there was a stark difference between The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, which we might talk about one day on this podcast. Yeah, we might. Yes. We might. I have some thoughts. Yeah. Did you watch both? Have you seen both? Wait, have you seen both? No, not yet. I've only oh, seen okay. the book of Boba Fett. Oh, see, like, you said Hold a wrong a wrong There's a Mandalorian order. and a Baby Yoda in here. I missed <laughs> some things. That would have been very confusing. But yes, go ahead. Man, I have a lot of thoughts on that. We should go back to Tots and do a TV episode. I still got the domain, tvontheside.com. Still okay, there. wonderful. Well, Sean Levy, or Levy, uh-huh. uh, however he likes to be referred to, yeah. will also be directing the third Deadpool movie starring Ryan, oh. Ryan Reynolds. So okay. him and Ryan Reynolds are developing quite the directorial, uh, actoral relationship. Gotcha. Which is kind of cool. That is cool. So listen, I think we'll do a spoiler horn because there's a couple things that we want to mention that are very emotionally driven, but spoil the movie. Right. So we'll do a spoiler horn in a moment. But overall, this movie 
kind of like futuristic sci-fi-ish. There's time travel. I feel like the opening like title card, I think just says time travel exists. I think that's, that's the yep. only thing the movie cared to tell us in its title card. It was like 2050 time travel exists. And the premise is Ryan Reynolds goes back in time from 2050 back to 2022 and runs into his younger self. And apparently in the future, this organization called Saurian has totally um, taken over the time travel industry, very bad people running it. And so his goal is to try and stop that from happening to save the future, which I guess is some dystopian future, but we really don't see much of the future. He just kind of tells us it's really bad. Yeah. He says, you've seen Terminator. <laughs> which Worse than that. I feel like, I don't know how the Terminator can happen in like 28 years. Like that's 28 years into the future, 2050. Uh, yeah. We're still going to be alive then. Well, I guess it's because time travel messed everything up, but I would say that right. Ryan Reynolds isn't really going back to save humanity and time travel, right? I think he's going back just to save his wife. To save his wife. Yes, because his wife was lost in some time travel quote unquote accident, which we learn about later. But anyway, I would just like to state here, I want to talk about time travel for just a moment as we do. For this kind of time travel to work, you have to ascribe to the B theory of time. Have we ever talked about mm. the A theory and B theory of time, Nate? I don't think we have, Stephen. <laughs> okay, I'll be I'll be very brief because I know some people might already be ready to skip forward two minutes. Uh, but the B theory of time states that every moment of history is persistently existing, and one could traverse somehow through a wormhole and visit a past time because it is still happening. And so that's what this movie espouses because for Ryan Reynolds to go back to 2022 this year and like interact with his younger self, it means that every moment in time still exists out there somewhere. And Ryan Reynolds then kind of has a throwaway line that once he goes back to his present time, the time he's supposed to be in, all the changes that he would have enacted from being in the past, like reconcile themselves, and then like the timeline changes. Right. And as a kid, he will remember the fact that his older self visited him. Right. Exactly. Now, I personally ascribe, as many philosophers do, to the A theory of time, which is that time is linear and any past events that have occurred are no longer existing. That would also mean time travel into the past is not possible. You can do an interstellar type thing because the theory of relativity that Einstein came up with, gravity, time, all that. What happens in interstellar where Matthew McConaughey is on a planet. Time moves faster for you than for other people. Will move slower for you. Move slower for you. And that's why his daughter ages and he didn't. And so that kind of quote unquote time travel where you age slower or experience time at a slower pace than others and you can kind of quote unquote go to the future because people on earth are still aging at a rapid pace. That is still possible in the A theory of time, but not this. Like you couldn't go through a wormhole and visit your younger self. Right. And this movie, like every other time travel movie, basically maybe except Interstellar, Uh uh 
ascribes to the B theory of time because oh, otherwise correct. it's not very fun if you can't have time travel. <laughs> exactly. You're basically saying one theory allows you to do fun time travel movies and correct. do fun time, visit your future self. And the theory you ascribe to means that we can't ever have fun with time travel. Correct. Back to the Future wouldn't have happened. Endgame, Avengers Endgame wouldn't happen. All of that kind of stuff. Right. Now, this is does not take into account the multiple timeline ideas and multiverses which may or may not still apply you know a multiverse there could be like different kinds of realities all happening simultaneously and you could jump between them like the watcher or something but anyway i just wanted to nerd out for time for a moment and if our listeners are curious you can google a theory versus b theory of time and uh, be very disappointed that time travel like this is probably not possible right i have to say that you really took a fun time travel episode and really at the very beginning said maybe the most lame thing you could about time. <laughs> so you're thanks. welcome. You're welcome. That is that We'll is now welcome. wheel in the TV. The substitute teacher is here. We're <laughs> gonna CRT start finding TV. Nemo in Spanish. Congratulations. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, maybe I should have saved that for later. Well, maybe I'll cut and splice it. Who knows? No, no, keep it all here, you Debbie uh, Downer. And let's okay, talk okay. about this movie as if time travel could exist and we sure, can just have sure. fun watching Ryan Reynolds do it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me tell you something. This movie Maybe more similar to you than you would even believe because it is somewhat annoyed by time travel. The premise of this movie and Ryan Reynolds, and I'm guessing Sean, the director, I'm not even going to try his last name. You know Mm -hmm. who I'm referring to. Mm -hmm, mm Kind of have the, listen, you've seen a lot of time travel stuff. That's cool. But it's not really the point of this movie. Right. And we are even a little bit annoyed that you are going to nerd out about different types of time travel when you watch this. Because I would say (laughs) this movie cares not about time travel. No, not at all. Not at all. So to say this is a time travel movie, it's more like this is more of a older self visiting younger self in a dream. It might as well have been just a dream. Sure, sure, sure. I will say the tagline of this movie poster that I'm looking at on IMDb says the Adam project time flies. I feel like that's, that's kind of a weak tagline for this movie. I don't even know if yeah, that applies. You don't often hear good taglines these days. That feels yeah, like a, a PR person. Like, listen, we got to put something under here. Can it be called Ryan Reynolds? You're going to watch it. <laughs> what do you think about the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and the actor who plays his younger self, Walker Scoble? What do you think of them? I thought they had decent chemistry sure i thought they were fine ryan reynolds is pretty much annoyed with his younger self all the time yeah i think that's fun because an annoyed ryan reynolds is a a fun version of ryan reynolds that's right i thought younger self was good but their interactions were kind of missing the mark at times for me maybe it's more of a script thing than a chemistry thing but i do have to say if older me came to go and visit younger me I think there would be a lot of, I can't believe this is real. I can't, like, right. not a, oh, you have great muscles. Like, <laughs> if, if young, if you came back to eighth grade Steven and he's just like, man, I got a great beard in the future. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> I would have a lot more questions for sure. I mean, I guess he does have some questions, but yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. It was fine. And I thought the acting was fine. What about you? Same. It feels fine. I feel like of all the relationships in this movie, 
that was maybe one of the weaker ones. Right. And it was more compelling to see Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Saldana. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about them just for a moment. Yes. So Zoe Saldana is... Romance Corner. Romance Corner. This is heavy romance corner. She is Ryan Reynolds' wife in this movie that he thought he lost her. And this is not really a spoiler because this happens pretty early in the movie. But they reunite and... I totally bought, even just the few scenes they had together, totally bought Romance Corner between the two of them. What did you think? Absolutely. I thought that was one of the strongest interactions. We will talk after the spoiler horn about kind of how things end up going for them. But they're like running into each other's arms and seeing each other for the first time. <laughs> they have a pretty like passionate makeout scene while they're like, all right, young Adam, like get out of here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the cabin, <laughs> yes. We haven't seen each other for four years or whatever. And I thought, I, I believed all of it. I believed all of it. Yeah, for sure. Also, cool fight scene. The two of them meet and like immediately start fighting. And so there's this interaction where it's like, what, you're still alive? And then also we have to, you know, get all these bad guys. I think they're very cool weapons, futuristic cool weapons that Ryan Reynolds uses and the, the cool guns. And, and the people kind of explode out of time. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't do... Listen, here's the other thing. This movie is an hour and 46 minutes. You know, not counting credits. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. And I think this movie knows what it is and is not trying to be a two and a half hour movie. Yes. You know, because you could take a time travel movie, sci-fi futuristic thing, and make it over two hours, but you don't need to. For sure. And I think this movie knows what it is. It's just trying to be entertaining while also being pretty deep, which we'll talk about after the spoiler horn. But I think it does a good job of that and gives you some cool weapons, some cool action scenes, some cool ships, all that kind of stuff. I think the other relationships I enjoyed were Jennifer Garner and ryan reynolds the scene in the bar and old old adam sees his mom and they have like an interaction i'm glad i had a moment of going worried that kind of like back to the future she was going to be into ryan reynolds her grown-up son but thankfully it was just like kind of a fun interaction there yeah and then i think mark ruffalo is great all the time like Mark Ruffalo should be in most time travel movies. I mean, like, I just think that's how it should be. Or Eric Bana. I don't exactly know. <laughs> One or the other. We will talk after the spoiler horn about he is the dad. Yes. And he has interactions with his sons from two different ages yes. later. Yes. But I think in general, I enjoy seeing Mark Ruffalo in movies. I always enjoy seeing mark ruffalo in movies he's kind of like a cozy blanket that it's like oh i'm just glad you're here like i feel a little bit more safe because you're here mark <laughs> yeah, Ruffalo. that is exactly true and also just sticking with romance corner for one more moment we get like one scene with mark ruffalo and jennifer garner i don't know if i've ever seen them in a movie together uh-huh but i want to see a rom-com or maybe just some kind of drama i want to see mark ruffalo and jennifer garner in some kind of romance movie together because i thought they had incredible chemistry and i just would love to see them more i'm pretty sure that netflix saw that i watched this movie and then said i noticed that you enjoyed mark ruffalo in some scenes here's like an old Two, early 2000s movie of him and reese witherspoon in a romantic comedy where i believe reese wither is like just like heaven where she's a ghost and he like sees her and he has to maybe solve her murder or something i don't exactly know what it was but young mark ruffalo and, it, and i went all right netflix yeah i may watch this wait a minute mark ruffalo was in 13 going on 30 in jennifer garner yeah 
were were they the romantic? They were specifically the two people in it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I have so to go back and watch this. You had like an echo of that, and you said, "I want to see them in a rom com where one of them is thirty. Okay, okay, okay. You like reverse prophesy. I <laughs> I have seen this movie, and I'm now looking at a picture of Mark Ruffalo, much younger. 13 going on 30 was from 2004 mm-hmm. and Jennifer Garner. And just like heaven was the 2005 movie with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, okay. And okay. I feel like though, I want to see the Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner of today mm. in another movie. That's not under the Tuscan sun. Wait a minute. Are they in that one too? No, they're not. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, but I mean like, I, like I need one made either now or in the next couple years, like this kind of mature romance that we kind of see for a few moments in the Adam project. That was just, I don't know. They were so good together and just like natural. It didn't feel forced or it didn't, it didn't feel like acting. It felt like this is a couple that's been married a long time. Maybe it's a drama where it's not like them meeting and romance, but some drama where they're the parents and they're like main yes. characters. I don't know. I just really like the two of them together. Yes. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Okay. Before we do the spoiler horn and before we rate it, I do want to mention the bad character in this movie whose name is Sorian, Maya Sorian. <laughs> there is a point in this movie where we see her like older self oh good i didn't know when we were going to talk about it but yeah yeah is this now there yes there's a cg version of actress katherine keener as saurian and i have to say nate for all the advancements we've made on fully cg characters like in the star wars universe we're not not far enough (laughs) netflix has not been on the same boat as disney when it comes to these cg characters because when she appeared on screen as a cg character it was horrendous like I, i got a little nauseous it is yeah it is not good like it is not good to the point where it takes you out of the scenes she's in yeah it's terrible and i did have the thought to myself like maybe just a little extra makeup like if you had told me we're just going to use the same actress but we're going to like you know put a little extra makeup on yes slightly de-aged just practically yeah i you can convince me that she's 20 years younger or even you know, so. 25 years younger. I would rather have that. I mean, we have 25 year olds playing high school students and we buy that. <laughs> Tom Holland. Just Tom Holland. Just doing have it. it. Just have it be where, or how about do this? Make a slightly more makeup, you know, like tighten the face a little bit more, like pull back, yeah. <laughs> pull back with a little tape on the, the cheeks for the younger person and then age her slightly for the modern person yeah like go the opposite direction i would rather have in the past she looked like how the actress does and then they used old old age makeup for the <laughs> yeah. for the 2050 person yes i feel like have you watched the matrix resurrections yet i have not yet no spoilers is ryan reynolds no in no, it? no 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 <laughs> no spoilers <laughs> because apparently that's all i watch no, no spoilers but there is some really bad old age makeup uh, in the matrix resurrection so it could that can go poorly too I, <laughs> yeah but there's a there's something about bad makeup versus bad vfx where that's true v, this is uncanny valley yeah that's person. exactly what i was gonna say and yeah. that's unfortunate because every once in a while the stills look good but the way that the face moves oh yeah anytime they're speaking okay another thought i had was there are many actresses in this world uh-huh. can we find someone who just looks like a younger katherine keener yes yes i'm okay if they're played by different people yeah absolutely but i guess if, in order for them to be like side by side they would need to look really similar 
But even so, I mean, I feel like I you could know. find somebody. That CG, that CG soaring was just horrendous. I just had to and say the, it. <laughs> that I mean, that had to be one of the worst things of the movie is CG soaring. Yeah, that that was. I think it's safe to say that was that was the worst thing because the rest of the movie was fine. It was pretty good. Fine. So let's rate it. We're gonna talk a little bit about spoilers on a scale of oh diamond hard drives. <laughs> that was one of the most hilarious yes, lines that, that is good. Mark Mark Ruffalo is like the algorithm is running. On a diamond hard drive. It's like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> anyway, zero to five diamond hard drives. I would like to know what you rate this movie first. Nate. I am going to give The Atom Project. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think if it was out in movie theaters, I'd give it two and a half. I'm going to give it three diamond hard drives because it's Netflix only. Yeah, yeah. And I paid no additional things for it. It is a completely fine and okay movie i don't think that most people will be upset that they watched it and with with a breezy hour 40 runtime i mean there are worse movies to watch obviously there are better movies to watch but i think it's just fine i am a little bit upset with this movie that it didn't land the proverbial time plane Mm -hmm. better in different parts because the concept and the different interactions could have hit me so much harder. Mm. Like, I have a son. Sure. It sure. doesn't take me that much to imagine what if an older guy walked in the room and it was my son in the future. Sure, sure. Fighting for humanity or whatever. And there <laughs> yeah. are a lot of different things that we'll talk about in a second. But I'm going to give it three. It's fine and it's good, but it's not great uh, and the CG CGI Maya. <laughs> that takes off a whole point for really, you. It really hurt yeah. me in a lot of ways. And I think the ending of it kind of devolved into, oh, this isn't you, the movie. Yeah. Be you and don't try to succumb to an action scene or explosions and stuff. Like, be smaller, be more personal, really focus on the relationships. And I feel like maybe... Netflix is like, well, we got to have some more action in here. And I, I actually right, think right. it didn't need any of that. Yeah. A more frequency, less Endgame. Oh, frequency. We should do that movie. That's a mm-hmm. great, that's a great movie. If Ryan Reynolds is in it though. No, he's not in it, which I mean, we got to, we got to get away from doing Ryan Reynolds movies eventually. <laughs> I will, so Lucy Guest was apparently the body double for Saurian. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, I mean, they had her standing there. I think they should have just put some makeup on Lucy Guest to make her look more like the actress, <laughs> Catherine Keener. But anyway, anyway, I'm struggling because we both gave The Batman a three out of five. We did. And to say that this movie is the <laughs> same or better than The Batman. That's not true. Right, right. We both know. That's not true. it's not true. It's not true. I also will say, just a side note. There is a YouTube video talking about the cinematography of the Batman from Patrick Tommaso. Mm, it makes it bumps it up, doesn't it? I make it makes me want to do three and a half. I would do if I could retroactively change my rating. I would give the Batman a three and a half, and I would give this movie a three. Mm. So let's just say that's what we're doing. I'm going to give the Batman a three and a half, edging to four. I'm not going to do any more points than just 0.5. I won't, I won't do a 0.75. But this one, I'm going to give a solid three. And if not for one scene that we're about to talk about post-spoiler horn, this probably would have gotten a lower rating, like a two and a half yep. or even a two. 
if not for this one scene that we're going to talk about after the spoiler horn. Nope. No, oh no? Not quite right now. I think oh, I'm going to okay. change mine to two and a half. Like the more oh. I'm thinking about it, and I think like, <laughs> I think this is a two and a half movie. Okay, okay. And now the spoiler horn <laughs> again. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, the one scene that gives me confidence in saying this is worth it in seeing is the father, Mark Ruffalo, he is painted as this work-obsessed professor mm-hmm. who is not home as much as he wishes he could be and maybe mm-hmm. as much as his son would like him to be. But when he's home, he's like fully invested at home, which I thought was an, a nice distinction that both Jennifer Garner and the son make at one point saying like, when dad's home, he's like with us. You know, we, he's not like absent in mind, but he present plays in mind. catch with him. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was very good. But the father character you know he he sees he meets both of his sons at ages that he is not familiar with ryan reynolds and then walker scoble plus he has like his son in the present time because they go back even farther to 2018 so now there's like three atoms existing in this universe but anyway there is a scene when they say goodbye because we come to understand during this movie that mark ruffalo's character dies at some point he has already died in like the young adam timeline like he already lost his dad yeah, I think it, we around 2021. Right, around 2021. And so both Ryan Reynolds and Walker Scoble, the Adams, are resisting telling their father what to do to not die. It feels like he died in some kind of accident. Right. And they, they really want to tell him, but Mark Ruffalo refuses to hear it. He says it could change, you know, everything. You can't do that. And so they know that before they go back to their own times— this is the last moment that the Adams are going to have with their father, Mark Ruffalo. Wait, hold on a second. Before yeah. before we get into this this scene, uh-huh. they went back in time to basically keep time travel from ever happening. Yes. Doing massive changes. Why did not rescuing their dad? Why was that like above and beyond the pale when they basically went back and rechanged the course of not having time travel at all? I feel like they meddled in a bajillion things which their rationale was well maya did it first so we're just recorrecting it but i feel like saying like hey uh that look when you walk across the street because some manhole covers <laughs> uh, some manholes don't have the covers on them wouldn't be like the greatest you know throwing the rock in the lake yeah. and seeing the ripples maybe take more ubers than driving yourself around <laughs> 2021 just you know a little more often than not. Hey, in 2021, maybe when you go swimming in the ocean, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. have some shark repellent with you. <laughs> that's, that's a good pull. It's a good pull. Yeah, I feel like because that is the farthest back they ever go to change the future, I feel like it would have been safe-ish because then all of the future timelines reconcile to that one where they all destroyed time travel to begin with. Right. So I feel like, yeah, maybe they could have just told him at that point and it wouldn't have been a big deal. But anyway, Mark Ruffalo says, you know, don't tell me. So there's this goodbye scene when the Adams say goodbye and more time is spent with Mark Ruffalo talking to Ryan Reynolds, who of the two Adams has not seen his father for the longest amount of time. Right. And I just have to say, Mark Ruffalo, it is not super eloquent nor is it super like detailed, but the way he speaks to Ryan Reynolds as his son, telling him that he loves him and that he's proud of him, 
it was an emotional moment. And I felt that moment. And I thought both Mark Ruffalo and Ryan Reynolds do an incredible job making that moment real. And I think that's worth the price of admission. I agree that it hits super hard. I wish there had been a little bit more preamble to that moment because I feel like they both had to turn on their acting for a moment. <laughs> Where before that, it was just like... His autopilot. Yeah, it was just like, here's a diamond hard drive, here's an action scene or whatever. I wish there had been a little bit more sort of... T- like, before that moment, I wish there had been a little bit more acknowledging that seeing his adult son grown up, he was proud of him. It just felt like all of a sudden he was like, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm proud of you. And, I mean, you know, they were all it was focused. A goodwill hunting moment. They were all focused on like the mission at hand. Yeah, you're and There right. was lots you're of right. danger. You know, the fact that Mark Ruffalo actually showed up to help at, you know, actually destroy time travel was a thing, you know. I thought that was a very good scene. I like how younger, the, the best chemistry I think was on that table when the younger Adam says to older Adam, I think you turned sadness into anger Mm. and i think what you're not angry at dad you're mad at dad because he died right not because he did these things and like i thought that was really profound and it was like yeah i have some like our younger selves have something to teach us now is like a really beautiful thing yes at times and not we didn't only get better like sometimes we lost things that our younger Mm. selves knew is and that's kind of beautiful i think that the scene that scene of with Ryan Reynolds and sort of them reconciling was very nice. Yeah. I think the one that I really wish would have landed a little bit more was in the hotel room, in the motel, when the young son is there with the dad. Like, don't go, dad. Like, he's like, I have to go home. And this little son wants to say, little Adam wants to say, like, you're going to die. Like, I think... Putting myself in the scenario of you get to see someone who passed away again right. and you just want to hold on to the moment a little longer. Right. I really wish that the son would have had a few more moments. Like this would have absolutely wrecked me if the son had been like, can you stay like five more minutes? Yeah. Oof. That would have been heavy. Like I was just a, I, yeah. Or even yeah. just saying the line, I just want a little bit more time yeah like Ooh. that that kind of sentiment it didn't quite land there for me but that's what i wanted i wanted the younger son to get the feeling of if my dad walks out this door then i saw him again but that feeling of it's never enough right you'll always want a little bit more time never 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 enough sorry so it just came out no that was good that was good from the heart yeah i agree that that could have been a really heavy moment what do you think about them playing catch at the end? Oh, I love that. I thought that was nice. I thought that was really nice too. Again, this movie hits hard because I'm a dad. I'm not sure, even at the catch sure. point, but I do have the, did it make you want to like gather your children around and be like, all right, when I'm here, I'm here. Like, let's play Candyland or whatever. It's more like, let's, it did. why don't I destroy you in Smash Brothers? It did specifically make me want to play catch to then I thought, <laughs> None of my kids play baseball anymore. Like that time, like they already did t-ball and baseball. Someone will get damaged by a baseball if we it's do like, this. I don't know if baseball is the thing. Although, what is it about canonically the father and son activity is throwing a literal baseball with literal gloves? Like, why is it never something else? Throwing a Frisbee? 
Yeah, but you don't see that. You don't see that in movies. Playing chess. You don't see that either. The only time you saw that was Independence Day with Jeff Goldblum and his dad. <laughs> that was not a heart-to-heart moment. And other than that, like maybe fishing. I feel like the only mm, other movie trope mm-hmm. is like a father and son fishing at a lake. Yeah. But it's like fishing or literally playing catch with a baseball and nothing else. Like I I wish Right. Normalize fathers doing more things with their <laughs> with their sons. And I would just like more inspiration. Like I would like as a dad more inspiration of like what what do these movie fathers do with their sons that was so meaningful besides literally catching a baseball or fishing. Like there are many more activities out there in the world. <laughs> you can play Smash Brothers. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I do play Smash Brothers. I played Smash Brothers with Asher the other night. That was that was a lot of fun. I beat him like four games out of five. I was very proud of that. Here's what fishing and baseball does in movie tropes and i think this is why they're used yeah it's an activity that you teach a child how to do and you spend a lot of time with them when you do it yeah but it's an activity that it doesn't look weird when you do it when they're grown up or an adult because for example (laughs) i wrestle around on the floor (laughs) with my 18 month old and we like sure it would be weird if he was 20 (laughs) i mean chess would look just as normal as two adults playing it. But you don't picture a really like sweet moment of a six-year-old playing chess with their father. Right. Unless they're like some prodigy. <laughs> it, needs to, yeah, it needs to be something that you can play when you're... Okay. Wait, we can do this. We can solve this. Okay. What would okay. be just as cool of a scene? Stargazing? Yeah. You know, that's another one now that you mention it. It's like the telescope in the attic oh, that's looking up at the stars. yeah. yeah, yeah. That is one frequency. It was like the CB radio, like that hobbyist kind of help me build a collecting, thing. collecting things, collecting things. I do think there is like a computer technical world of these kinds of activities also of like fixing stuff. Maybe it's working together. on a car. I mean, working on a car is something podcasting together, like for real, making movies and stuff, little videos. You can do that at both young ages and then do that older. I mean, look at uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Ron Howard. You know, they're they're doing stuff together. Yeah. I do every day as part of my Google alerts. How are they how's their relationship? I mean, they, they post pictures with each other all the time. It looks like they're they're doing great. Biking together? Biking. Oh, I thought, I thought you said Viking. Like being Vikings? <laughs> yeah. Be, plundering pl- plundering and pillaging. Plumbering. Learning how to plumb. Using a plumb line. Using a plumb line. Yeah. Being plumb out of ideas. Yeah. What all is of those. Making a plum pie. I'll keep going. <laughs> Make apple pie, apple fritter, picking apples, apple picking, pumpkin picking. Pumpkin picking. Costuming. Cosplaying. You could do cosplaying. You could cosplay with your kid. <laughs> What are we? Are we doing word jazz? This what is, are we doing here? I think uh, we're just scatting with with loosely related words. Plum 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 plum. plum. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Back to it. I, I just I still love that scene. No, I like that scene. That's all I wanted to say. I just want to say that Mark Ruffalo Ryan Reynolds scene was good. That's all I want to say. That's it. I agree. It was good. Yeah. I think, uh, listeners, if you want to comment on our Instagram <laughs> post about what would be a great activity it does not have to be a father son a could be a parent child yeah yeah what activity would be like a great one to you see a scene of them doing it when they're little kids and then they're doing it again right when they're adults and it's like a video montage right. peter gabriel book of love is playing in the background yes. and, ken burns pictures know, zooming in sweet and out moment yes yes i feel like basketball could be that you could shoot a basketball model making oh that's a good one model ship model boat let you know what legos legos can even be generational 
But yeah, but Legos aren't good. I mean, I guess you have to use another generation. But if it's like, if you, I don't know, would you be able to like, you know, go to your parent when they're in a, I guess you could. Yes, oh, you that's could. A, that's a moment. Picture this. Oh, man. You know, years from now, your your father's in a in a home. Right. And you, you go in and you bring like a Lego set with you. Like, hey, yeah. let's build a Legos together. Wow. <gasps> man, I feel like that could be, the, that could be like, <laughs> that could be the ending of a movie right there. Building Legos together. I yeah. like that. Okay. Okay, let's go back to Romance Corner. Oh, which what, who? Who do we miss? No, we haven't talked about Laura and Adam. Oh, yeah. Zoe Saldana and yes, Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There is a part where she basically like fights off the bad guys and like you escape and you do this. He just came and found her, and then she goes like go. You need to do this. And he says, but we'll never meet because like they met in time travel class <laughs> right. in the future. And he's like, no, no, we will have like memories of our past right. selves. Doing Echo- this. Echoes our past self. Echoes. I just sent you the IMDb credit for Zoe Saldana because <laughs> it says Zoe Saldana as Laura, parentheses as Zoe Saldana. I don't know what that means. Is she playing herself in this movie? Oh, no, 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 no. She had an Enya, Enya. On the end. Saldana. So maybe she, is she now Zoe Saldana? Oh. And maybe she used to be Zoe Saldana? Do you know that Zoe Kravitz has a the umlaut over the E? She does. I wonder if they did that, like, just to be cool. Wish I had an umlaut. You want to be pronounced Bernuski? Bernuski. Newt Bernuski. Interesting. I don't... I don't exactly know. I'm not going to guess any more about it, just in case it's a very like serious story about... Oh, oh, sure, sure. I don't know. Maybe her actress name was Saldana, because no one could pronounce it right, but like really her last name is Saldana. Good question. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, okay. it was great seeing her in this movie. She was great all in all. I, was, I just looked at her, her bio. She's Dominican and Puerto Rican. She's Hispanic. You and Zoe. She was born to Asalia Nazario and Aridio Salanya. I feel like it's supposed to have the Enye. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe that's her SAG name. Maybe there was already a Saldana. Or maybe back in the day, they're like, listen, don't have an Enya because this is... No one knows how to type America that. ...and you can't. And then maybe now she's bringing it back. No one knows how to do the uh, the keyboard shortcut for an Enye. But anyway, are you talking about the... Uh, hold down the end. You hold, well, that's on the Mac. On a PC, is different. No, anyway. at some point in time, she tells Ryan Reynolds, go. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. just go. Yeah, just I'll fight it. them off. You need right. to complete the mission. Right. That's deep. Would you have gone? I don't know. She was like really forcing him to go. Like she was, and also she was doing some great acting. She did some great like, acting. She, yes. in some ways, was like a much better actor than this movie needed. Yeah, she part. she killed it in that scene. But she also said like, "You'll find me again." Somehow implying that even if she dies, Ryan Reynolds could could find her. Like I don't. No, I, don't I know. think I think I think she was saying that even if we get reset we'll find a way to be together because it's destiny. Right, and that's what she was saying, but... And I think my first reaction would be like, but what if it's not? <laughs> and what if we don't? I guess if he goes back, if he goes back four more years and destroys time travel, then that moment where she is killed by Sorian would have never happened. So maybe there was like this, you know, complete the task. This movie says that all of this happened. So that's what it's, it's kind of saying is, don't think of time as being linear and you're jumping through it it's more like jumping through time itself is part of your linear life yeah i'm not sure it was saying i don't think (laughs) 
don't think that's what it was saying. But. No, no, I no, I think it, it was saying like by going back and by doing all this stuff, like that's part of your life too, and you'll re- remember it. You'll have the sure. echoes of it. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. It's fortunate that at the end they did happen to still meet in a class. That it's not time yes. travel this time. It's just like being a pilot or something. Yeah, that was nice though. That was a nice way to end the movie. Nice little bow. And they had a slightly de-aged. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Ryan oh, Reynolds. I didn't even notice that looked. I fine. didn't notice that. Right. Interesting. So they could do it. It is possible. <laughs> they just it chose possible. not. To. They chose to do terrible CG. Okay, gotcha. All right. Well, anyway, listeners. Let us know what activity that a parent and child should do together as young so that then when they are old and meet across time and space like Mark Ruffalo and Ryan Reynolds, that they can still do that same activity and not be weird like wrestling. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Quick question for you. Yeah, sure. If you could time travel back. Oh, man. I thought you're going to ask it. You're going to ask this question right at the end as we're about to wrap up. You're going to ask a super deep time travel question. Yeah. Okay, good. Here's my final question for you. Uh-huh. If in 50 years, okay. you time travel back to any age, you inhabit the body of the, the, the younger you, and you want to spend a day with your dad, what activity do you choose to do with him? Whoa. Like when I was younger? Yeah. Like when I was a kid? Or, or you could jump back to this point in time. It doesn't matter when you go back. I'm just thinking like if you had to say like, hey, my dad and I are going to spend a day together just like enjoying each other's company. What is the activity you would choose to do? And maybe this is how we this is how we learn what the activity should be. Yeah, that's good. I have two things I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. One, I remember. It's fishing and throwing the baseball. <laughs> one is literally fishing. Yes. But the other is I distinctly remember going camping with him. No fishing involved this time, Mm. but we went camping just for one night in the woods. I remember him making breakfast on one of those tiny little propane ovens that are like four inches, you know, round. And I remember he cooked the bacon in the pan first and there were little bits of bacon and then he cooked the eggs. Yeah. But it was one of the most amazing things because then there's little bits of bacon in the eggs and it's like, why don't we do this all the time? And I I distinctly remember that camping trip. I would do that. Camping is good. You may have stumbled upon it. Yeah. Camping is good, which we do that now with our kids. We do a pop-up camper, which is glamping compared to what me and my dad did. Right. (laughs) Sleeping on a, on a wet floor, but you don't remember that as a kid. You never remember it was uncomfortable or you don't remember that. Just fond memories of the bacon bits inside of your eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So I think that. What about you? Did you, do you have one? Um, yeah. I mean, I think probably something sports related when I was a kid, like or learning to learning to play a sport. I mean, it's cliche, but it's it's real. I remember my dad throwing baseballs up in the air to me when I was a little kid. He would say lines like, he would throw it up and I would catch it, and he would say, "All right, I'm gonna throw it up," and no seven year old has ever caught a ball that was thrown this high before. <laughs> you would be the first one to do it. That's pretty good. And he'd throw it up higher, and I think I'd be like breaking a record. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good one. Sweet moments like that. That's fun. All right. Well, you know what? Let's just end there. Leave it on those memories. Whew. Yeah. Let's just call it. All right. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. See you next time. Love the ones you're with.